0: know the story but tell us a little bit about how you became a chiropractor what led you to to chiropractic um
1: so like as a kid i went so typical story like everyone else um at that point like i didn't really think i wanted to be a Cairo. but but th- at that at... point when
0: you were a kid like when we were kids we didn't have chiropractors around
1: we did did we yeah i don't think it was nearly as popular as it is now and like we'll probably get to that in a bit later but we definitely did i remember going to and it was kind of like I was playing soccer and stuff. Mm-hmm. So got adjusted and she kind of did some stuff like like muscle testing, that kind of stuff. But now when I look back at it, it might've been a little sketchy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just kind of like I could notice, noticeably see that like my strength was like better, just felt a lot more comfortable. And then I can kind of translate after that to- After you went? After I went, which like I could translate that to like my sport, right? Like okay. soccer and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just felt better. Um, so that was like- a cool thing I experienced as a kid. Mm -hmm. And then as I went through university, like I was always into sports, like kind of our whole group of friends is, um, did kinesiology through that. I got an internship being a athletic trainer, like a athletic therapist kind of thing at UIT, at UIT with the varsity team. And shout out to UIT. Shout out to Ridgebacks. Yeah. Um, once a Ridgeback, always a Ridgeback. Uh, so yeah, did that. And like, that was really cool environment. Like I like treating the athletes and just, being with kind of like a sports team, mm-hmm. I guess, like, you know, I couldn't make it pro. So uh, that was my closest shot to being with the team, right? Yeah. Um, so I liked that. And then I applied to be an athletic therapist and chiropractic also. So, like, got accepted to chiropractic and mm-hmm. went with that. In England. Like, I always I always kind of, once I got to UIT, I always kind of, like, had that in the back of my head. Like, that's what, kind of what I wanted to do. But, like, I never really thought I would mm-hmm. get there. Mm-hmm. I guess, like, you know, I just had lower expectations than I did um, but yeah once I got in I got did in do you think you were going to be like a doctor when you got into UIT no no no. but then again like so your dreams weren't uh, shattered no entirely no no not entirely no. Like, but m- like most of us that's were, the yeah. thing too like I always thought um, I like I applied for physical education too like uh, to be a teacher and stuff right oh yeah 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 because like I was back to like the sport thing like mm-hmm. I wanted to be a gym teacher like even like a coach like, like good old Harvey that we had right like, oh yeah take the team to like Lhasa or something, right? Um, but yeah, I got accepted for chiropractic in England and uh, took it. Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Yeah, and yeah. then
0: did an internship with the uh, EPL team. Yeah, which was Should a definitely sweet plug that. gig. That yeah. was a
1: sweet gig, yeah. So I worked at like the academy under 21 and then mm-hmm. with the first team too. So there was that like that first day I went in there, um, before like their practice, they would always come in and get like treated, whatever, right, physio or mm-hmm. chiro was there and stuff. Um, and Borutz walked in, like, the Polish national yeah, goalkeeper, yeah. and, like, I was fangirling hard on the inside.
2: You look like Let me adjust just when sir. But,
1: uh, yeah, we were just, like, chatting in Polish, too, like, which... Wow. Like, I, I kind of brought her, like, I saw him right away, and I said, like, Dzień dobry, which is, like, hey, in Polish. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm also Polish, let's Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was trying to, like, yeah, nudge yeah. at him, right? And then, yeah, we just, like, kind of had a solid, like, 10-minute conversation with him, which was pretty cool guy? sweet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want to, you know, this is on, uh... Yes. Yeah, everything's so. off the record, don't uh, worry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, you know, yeah, he's so at that point I think he just retired from international duty. Mm-hmm. So like you could tell he was kind of like mailing it in. More or less,
0: (laughs) he listens. He's big, big fan. Yeah, yeah, big fan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, But more or less, yeah. So did you notice, like, at so were you doing Cairo there
1: or athletic therapy mostly? No, so that was uh, Bournemouth. So that was part of the chiropractic like college, like that was in my last year. So in the last year, we do like an internship, like a residency kind of program. Mm -hmm. So we did like business classes and like other kind of stuff like that. But we mainly already knew like diagnosis and treatment and all that kind of stuff. So we did a full year from like July to July or something in mm-hmm. clinic. Um, and during that time in our clinic, we, I also did that athletic therapy or yeah, sorry, the AFC Burmuth, uh, internship thing. So that was based with a Cairo. So mm-hmm. like that was specific to chiropractic. Right. Yeah. And so even in the, like within the,
0: within the team, within the organization, did they focus on Cairo? Like, did they take it as,
1: oh, this is something we got to provide for our athletes or, or was it? Uh, so yeah, they, they always had they've like always had one on staff. Yeah. Um that summer that I got accepted there, one of the actual one of our professors from the college, mm-hmm. which he previously worked with the team too before, but then they kind of switched Kairos and they went back to him. Um he got accepted for the like the job again. Yeah. Um so he got back to like his old position, I guess. Um but he we would be there like 4 days a week, I think, 3 3 to 4 days a week, and then the tr- the players that needed extra treatment would always come to like our uh, clinic in school. Oh, okay. Cool. So, like, the clinic that we had in school was, like, I don't know, had, like, 35 treatment rooms or something. I think it's, like, the second oh. largest in yeah. Europe or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, it was a big clinic, and faculty treated there, too. Uh, so, whenever we weren't available there, like, on the morning before a training session or something, they would then come to us after. The mm-hmm. um, same thing with, kind of, like, the academy players and under-21s. They would come to the clinic. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a couple times where we went to, like, watch their training practices and stuff. Um, but they had like therapists and kind of stuff there too. Yeah, like they, they had, have they had one, physiotherapy yeah. kind of residents mm-hmm. kind of dealing with that bit. Um, and then they'd come to us just like for specific chiropractic stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, that's what I was going to bring up next. So it's like, well, what is Cairo exactly? And how does it differ from physio? Cause, um, like we mostly know what chiro is. Like you go to the Cairo, he cracks your back or your neck and, yeah. and you leave it's feeling better. But it's like, what's, what is actually the mechanism that happens in a chiro adjustment or how does it differ from
1: physio too? All right. So we'll start with like physio and chiropractic, right? Um, In, in that like elite environment, like when you're with like an EPL team, right? That's where you can kind of start seeing the differences. Mm-hmm. Um, there you had, they had a bunch of physios on staff. They had a medical doctor on staff, like an MD. Uh, They had a chiropractor. So at that point, each one of those has their own kind of like, Specialization. Mm-hmm. The thing with physio and chiropractic, it all meshes together somewhat, but right. like chiropractic, like our bread and butter is the manipulation, right? Like the adjustment. We spent like four years in school learning that all the way through. Mm-hmm. So like, that's obviously like our main focus. Yeah. Physios can also manipulate. And a lot of the ones I work with now, like they do mid back, like some thoracic adjustments and lumber, like low back adjustments. Also, some of them do neck adjustments, like physios in general, Um so physio can adjust back. Yeah. So they have to they have like a different way of doing it. I think they have to go through like a certain course to get it done, and then they have to kinda like register that that they're allowed to do Mm. that. But the thing is, like mid back adjustments are I'd say a lot safer than kind of neck or even low back because of the kind of the stigma around that stuff too. Yeah. Um but they're allowed to do that. But it's also like if you who would you rather go to to get an adjustment, like a physio who did like a week course in adjusting, or like a Cairo who did three years of mm-hmm, practicing mm-hmm. how to adjust, right? right? So like obviously when it comes, that's that's why I think a lot of physios don't want to touch necks in general because mm-hmm. they're not. They'd rather stick with what they actually got an education ex- for. Yeah, exactly, than, and and they like I think maybe like a safety aspect too. Like they don't they probably don't feel comfortable because right. it is a little bit more I guess mm-hmm. sensitive. Like people always take it more seriously right yeah uh so with a Cairo, like you have three four years of practicing that specific adjustment so you know what Mm -hmm. to do and what not to do which might not come across in like a week course or you know whatever semester of teaching kind of thing right
0: but but so what like what exactly is a spinal manipulation or or even like a neck manipulation so when you go and then yeah, and then the, it makes that cracking noise yeah, right yeah. and but then what's going on like
1: what's actually happening so okay so the first thing i always tell my patients is like you're not looking for the crack because that's what everyone comes in it's like oh like am i gonna get like a crack or whatever it's it's that's just kind of like a byproduct of what happens like it's a fun noise to hear you get a nice okay. kind of release kind of thing but that's just like like gas in the re- like in mm. the joint releasing so your joints farting yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah precisely, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like your knuckle, right? Like right. you crack your knuckle, you hear a crack, like same okay. kind of thing, right? Yeah. So so it's gas? The the crack is gas or is that the... It's like, that's the theory like behind it, like it's gas being released in the joint. It's like a kind of like a vacuum and then it Air pops. Air or something? Okay. Yeah. Um, what the adjustment actually is, is we, we call it like high velocity, low amplitude. So it's like a quick thrust without too much power. It's all about like speed right so you obviously don't want to put too much power in cuz like you're just going to start like mm-hmm. shearing joints too much right and that like, you cause more damage than yeah. you don't so you do really quick impulses what it does it basically helps open up a joint and allow it basically to restore its normal range of motion okay so that's like the main premise behind it like you just want to if it doesn't move you want to make it move basically i can summarize my whole job into like two two lines mm. if it doesn't move you make it move and it's supposed to move. You make right. it move. If it moves too much, you stabilize it. Okay. That's basically our whole job in mm-hmm. a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's, if someone's got a lax shoulder or something like la- too much laxity, and it's not stable. Yeah. You're going to give them a bunch of exercises to do to stable that joint. Yeah. Same thing with low backs. Right. Um, back to the adjustment though, there's other like neurological effects where like it helps with kind of like reducing nociception, which is like your pain response. Um, that's based on the, kind of like the pain gate theory. I don't know if you've heard of that, No. but it's kind of similar to what, like, uh, how TENS machines Mm
2: -hmm.
1: are, are used for your brain sends a pain signal or like your body sends a pain signal to your brain, right? If you put on like those pads in a TENS machine, Mm -hmm. it kind of gives you a second impulse into the muscle. And then that impulse goes to your brain. You feel that sensation, which then blocks out the sensation of pain. So it's like a pain gate, right? So one stimulus closes the gate for the pain Mm -hmm. stimulus. So then you stop feeling pain and you start feeling another one. That also kind of happens with an adjustment also. Um, When you adjust through, you start getting a sensation of like you get a stretch uh, response in the muscles around the area, Mm -hmm. which then sends a signal to your brain. It helps relax the muscles around the area also. Yeah. So like if someone got a low back spasm and you adjust their low back it'll help release a bit of that spasm and get joints moving Mm -hmm. again, right? And then in the same sense, it'll help decrease pain by that same kind of pain gate theory, right? It has more sensation coming in to the brain based on what you're moving there. And then it kind of helps block out the pain reception. So does that mean that chiro can be only a permanent
0: treatment and not a... uh, Sorry, a temporary treatment and not a permanent one? Or it can be both? Because when you're saying like manipulating... um, Joints, and then that leads to pain, right?
1: Pain management is that yeah. pain management, or are you healing the the problem? A bit of both. So manipulation can be kind of like a temporary fix, for sure. Okay. Um, every case is different, though, right? So you sometimes you know you'll have a patient that comes in one adjustment, and then after they feel great, mm-hmm. right, and like they don't have the problem come back, kind of thing for quite a, yeah. quite a bit, right? So at that point, you can kind of say then that's like a permanent fix kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but others, you get one adjustment, but that's obviously not enough to kind of fix the problem, right? So that's why a lot of kairos do like soft tissue work on top of that and stuff. So they help relax the muscle because sometimes the adjustment mm-hmm. just isn't enough to keep mm-hmm. going, right? So we do a lot of other stuff, like especially like kind of if you're in the sports field, you do a lot more things on top of just the adjustment right people have realized that the adjustment is great like it for a lot of people it works like wonders hmm but there's a lot of stuff that you can add on top of that that right. like will definitely help prolong or like increase basically your recovery so when, when you
0: mentioned that sometimes the a patient comes in you you treat them and they're feeling great and so perfect that's it but sometimes they have to keep, keep coming back and I think that sometimes gives people a
1: perception that chiro is a scam because they keep telling you they to, have come, to back keep come back and coming back. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. So like most people's goals as a chiropractor should be like, it's a bad business model. And that's where like the, the issues come in. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're, I like to see my people, my, my patients as little as possible. F- so basically it's, it's more of like an ethical approach. Right. Mm-hmm. And I do that by like, obviously within the first, few weeks of the injury or whatever condition they have, you kind of want to bring the treatment numbers pretty close together mm-hmm. so they can get the most out of the treatment, right? You don't want to have long gaps in between. Yeah. Um, but then as the treatment goes on, you just kind of start branching away and like farther apart, bigger gaps between the treatment, right? right. Just to kind of, one, you don't necessarily, you probably won't need that at that point mm-hmm. if you've already started like getting down the healing process. Um, but also like a lot of that is giving patients like exercises, home exercises to do right to help strengthen that. Mm -hmm. And we kind of, I think we talked about this like before, right? The treatment plans where people then people are really busy in their lives, Mm -hmm. right? Like everybody is a chiropractor will tell you a couple exercises to do and you'll ignore them. Exactly. So a lot of people tend to do that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Uh, a lot of people, so it's not like the majority, a lot of people actually do take your advice. They go through with it. Right and they kind of heal themselves mm-hmm. as they go, right? Through their own exercise and stuff. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't. So that's why maintenance care is important because for those that are too lazy or just don't have the time to go through their proper, like, exercise routine and, like, what they actually need to to help themselves in their specific right. condition. Um, so that's where maintenance care does factor in because we'll do it for you kind of thing. Right. right? Well,
0: I'll even, like... Uh, even regular physicians when you prescribe someone a medication i mean what's the percentage of patients that actually take the medication as prescribed every day right and that's just taking one exactly. pill yeah or like two pills a day or whatever yeah, it's it is not like a and big so, ask right yeah and that's just like taking a pill with a glass of water and now you are asking them to do exercise so obviously that number is going to
1: even decrease yeah yeah and it really depends on the patient like how how motivated they are to, get, to back get better, yeah. To where they need to be, right? Or like how much time again, like how much time they have mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. There's a lot of factors to it. So but that's why I don't get is, is like when
0: people give um Cairo is a bad rep because they ask people to come back. But I mean doctors do the same thing sometimes. The um physios
1: do the same thing. Yeah. I It's like, oh come back and see me, come back and exactly. see me. But so we can go back into like history with this, yeah. right? Like Chiros, I think, get a bad rep because of the origins of chiro. Right. Um, physio physios used to, or like, they tend to kind of be like buddy-buddy with MDs. They're more, they've been like more evidence-based from the beginning. Right. So doctors are can easily recommend physiotherapists because they know they're pretty much on the same side. Mm-hmm. With chiropractic, like, I don't know if a lot of people know, but um, it started in like the 18, late 1800s, I believe. Yeah. Um. D.D. Palmer, I think David Daniel or Daniel mm-hmm. David or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he's from Port Perry. He's from Port Perry, Shout actually. out to Port Perry. Born in Port Perry, which yeah. is crazy when you think about it. But, but also, it makes
0: sense that a crazy from, guy like Ken yeah, from Port exactly, Perry. exactly, right?
1: Yes, yeah. Yeah. You know, so kind of connecting the dots mm-hmm. there. Um, but the origin story is he was working at a school, I believe, somewhere in the States, and there was a deaf janitor. That yep. came in. So, D.D. Palmer was actually a magnetic healer to begin with. All right? So, mm-hmm. I don't really know. So, he's a bullshit artist Yeah, I, start. exactly. You yeah. can take that kind of from the start. But he adjusted. So, he was kind of like already studying manipulation, that kind of stuff. And he adjusted this janitor's neck and his hearing came back.
0: But so, like, this guy was learning manipulation or adjustments on his own? Like, since Basically. he's the founder of, of chiropractic, yeah. that means, like, there's n- nothing for him to rely on before that exactly so who was he adjusting like what's he doing in his I, spare
1: time i think one of like i think this is for one of his first patient i don't know if it was the janitor actually was his first patient mm-hmm. but like one of the first patients was that janitor he's like hey, come he's in like, let me try this yeah and then yeah. he's like oh this is like clear this works like let's keep this going mm-hmm. right um and then from that point his son bj palmer hilarious hilarious yeah um then kind of took it into more of, like, a marketing thing and then made it so much bigger. Like, I think there was even, like, somebody wrote that, like, he kind of, like, started taking over the school that mm-hmm. that D.D. Palmer started mm-hmm. and then kind of putting it all, his own kind of, like, belief system into it, right? So that all started with, like, their main belief st- system was on innate intelligence. So it sounds weird, but the whole principle kind of behind it is that your body has, like, an innate like intelligence flowing through it. So like your organs, your muscles, your, everything, everything have, have their own intelligence. Built and in. the way, the way that travels through is like your nervous system. Okay. So if you have a joint in your spine that's blocked and it's like blocking a nerve or irritating a nerve, mm-hmm. your innate intelligence can't flow through that spine nerve, which then innervates, let's say an organ like liver or something. Right. Okay. Because of that, then you get like liver cirrhosis. So, okay, aside from the from the term that they use, the innate intelligence,
0: yeah. uh, blocking a nerve in reality, like, based on evidence, does it not actually lead to to worse um, complications or medical conditions, or is that all not true? So
1: there's nothing in research that actually shows that, like, that kind of the subluxation complex is what they call it. Like, the subluxation is the joint restriction, mm-hmm. that that actually causes any kind of actual, like, conditions like that chronic illness exactly like more like visceral kind of illnesses right yeah so based on like bjs palmer kind of his theories he said that like by adjusting you could cure i don't know like diabetes or something right or like cure cancer with Mm -hmm. an adjustment if Mm -hmm. you targeted the right nerve kind of thing right that's just sounds wacky to begin with right and then they started on that whole premise, and there's some chiropractors that still kind of believe in that innate intelligence, mm-hmm. and that's where that bad rep comes from. Okay, so and so, yeah, because it started, it was founded on BS, exactly.
0: But, but so was regular medicine at times. I mean, don't get me wrong, medicine is like such a broad field that some parts of it were legit from the beginning, some parts of it were BS, but when medicine started the most most of it was bs they were giving like ostrich eggs to people and, and <laughs> yeah. they're like uh this cures me if it doesn't cure you then you're the problem not the medicine yeah, exactly right. right
1: yeah they would literally tell tell I mean, patients uh, that most it's most of medicine works. was based on
0: bs it wasn't yeah. until like um the 20th century i think that randomized controlled trials were actually starting to starting, to make to common, yeah, yeah. starting to be the common yeah starting to be the golden the gold standard
1: exactly right and so that's that, that philosophy started, and then everybody that went to that kind of that part of like through that system mm-hmm. then grew up on that philosophy, right? Right. So there's a lot of people that still believe in that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And that's where that whole anti-vaccine thing comes from, too. So I'm sure you've heard of that. Like yes, how people yeah, are, because yeah. people
0: say, oh, chiropractors are BS artists because uh, they're against vaccines and they're Yeah, whatever. so they,
1: they think that innate intelligence can save you from all these illnesses and you don't right. need a vaccine, right? Right. So... The PSA to everyone, if your chiropractor tells you not to have a vaccine, like yeah. run in the opposite direction. Yeah, but here's the thing, like if you're gonna if you're gonna go to a Cairo
0: and he tells you that he can cure diabetes if he adjusts your knee or your back or
1: whatever, hey man, that's on you. Okay. <laughs> no, if you believe yeah. that like Some people are gullible, right? I don't know. I like a lot of a lot of that is like a scare tactic, right? It's like if you if you don't come to me three times a week mm-hmm. to reduce the subluxation that you have, then like, you know, like down the line, your right. condition might worsen and mm-hmm. like you could die. And like people hear that and they automatically assume like, oh, this guy's a doctor. Like, I should listen to what he's saying. Right. So. Yeah, that kind of took the whole profession down the wrong road. Right. Right. Um, and now that research is becoming a huge thing. I I think generally like everywhere, right? Like research Mm -hmm. now is kind of shedding light on a lot of different things that chiropractors can now finally focus on like what we're actually supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of chiropractors need that extra kind of like, oh, we do this, we do that, like just to kind of boost themselves up. But we can go into like just low back pain alone. Like Mm -hmm. if, if chiropractors we'll go into studies and stuff, but if chiropractors just focus on low back pain, that's it. We'd help the world a lot. Like uh, the Lancet, a medical journal. It's like one of the oldest journals. It's mm-hmm. a really reputable source, right? They brought out a series of, on low back pain alone, like a, a couple journal articles, basically um, that now I think this came out last year or maybe early this year. I believe, I think it's early this year that low back pain is a global, now leader in disability worldwide. Fuck. Exactly, right? Like, that's low back pain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, in 2016, I think it was, uh, 2.6 million people went to the emergency room in the States just for low back pain.
0: That's insane.
1: And 60 of those, like 60% of those people, which is like over one, 1. 1.3, 1. 1.4 million, mm-hmm. got opioids for their pain. Right. And then right. that just cycles out of control, right. right? We kind of all know where that's going. Mm. Um. So if you just focus on that alone, like the chiropractors can help a lot in that. I think in the States, the, like the economic kind of burden that opioid crisis has done is like $80 billion or something based on like loss of productivity and work, um, Mm -hmm. basically, Surgeon costs and that kind of stuff, like doctor costs, uh, addiction treatment costs, socioeconomic costs, like all of that together is like somewhere in like the 80 billions. Holy if hell. If you factor like all that stuff in. Obviously, that that can't be like, it's not like a perfect number because that's, that's a yeah. lot of a- estimates from everywhere. Mm. But in the States, I think that's like the States alone. That's from like one of the national health societies in the States. I think they, they came up with that, that number.
0: Because I think even the people who argue against Cairo would agree that the the opioid crisis
1: is actually a legitimate thing and it's like oh, yeah. it's taking over yeah and i think it is like i think i, I saw a stat where it was like four out of five um op- like people that were addicted to painkillers like opioids or whatever then went on to try like heroin or something or got into like harder drugs like as in like it is a gateway drug gateway yeah
0: yeah, yeah. so i used to work at a pharmacy and then we had uh we had a methadone dispensary too, within the pharmacy, right? So for people who don't know, it's for recovering heroin addicts. So I used to assume that everyone that comes in is, was just a former heroin addict. And now they use daily doses of methadone to To
1: try to like wean off to
0: wean off. Yeah. yeah. Although methadone, once you're on it, you're most likely not coming off
2: of it ever.
1: Yeah. Either way.
0: I used to think that they're all just former drug addicts. Right. But, when I talk to them, um, sometimes that the pharmacist is getting their dose, so I'm just talking to them in the meantime and a lot of times I find out they' they're just in bad car accidents. they' were prescribed a lot of painkillers now
1: they they're stuck they're stuck. They're in the cycle, right yeah yeah um, and I, I believe yeah there's in New Hampshire uh, so this is probably from like two or three years ago. apparently it's the second the second state in in the, in the United States with the highest like drug overdose rate. Um and they did like a retrospective study where it was based on opioids and like chiropractic treatment like for low back pain and that stuff, right? So people who took um or had low back pain and went to a chiro had a fifty-five percent chance or decrease in mm-hmm. taking opioids. Like just that was low that was your it. risk like of literally, taking opioids Exactly. 55. If you just went to a chiro, like right. your risk automatically dropped to fifty five percent of having to take opioids. Mm-hmm. And like that alone, that fifty-five percent like, if you add that to, like, the other math that we did, right, mm-hmm. then that's still, like, millions of people. So why do you think then the Cairo still has this bad rep?
0: Is it just from the from the history of Cairo and then people can't get over it? Or maybe they haven't just uh, re-updated their knowledge on Cairo and what it is today?
1: I think, yeah. So a lot of it is, like, recent research coming out. And a lot of it is, I think, still people from the old kind of philosophy. Old school of way of still thinking. Still pushing that along kind of as we go. Like, it's a lot of the... The Like the 1% kills it for the rest, mm-hmm. right? Because they're the loudest and they're they have the most the influence. Yeah. So yeah. like now there's, there's a big evidence-based group that's kind of like pushing through in chiropractic where they're actually pushing the evidence-based route mm-hmm. and like going by, by the book kind of like work with what we know works and stop like insisting that other stuff works if you can't prove it. Right? Right if you can prove it down the line, perfect. But like in order to get our reputation back to like what it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. stop peddling the stuff that you can't, you can't prove and just work with what you can or right. like what you know works. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like the 1% that, yeah, like we said, the 1% that is the loudest and mm-hmm. kind of ruins it for everyone else. Um, and yeah, there was a funny thing too. Like I asked one of my professors back, um, I think this was like the last year I was in school. And I was like, what do you, what do you say to all the people that say like chiropractic is like, a joke and Mm -hmm. all this, right? And he just said Harry Shipman and then walked away. So I don't know if you know that Harry Shipman was an MD who basically was a whack job. He's probably one of the worst serial killers like in our century. Mm I looked Um, him up. You looked him up? Yeah. Yeah. I think I have some stuff. It was like the late nineties, I think when he got caught. Um, So yeah, in the late nineties, he got caught for killing 15 people, right? Patience. 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 Yeah. Um, So, that's what he got caught with the coroner, I think it was that found like that all of these people were kind of left in the same position. Like they were all sitting up mm-hmm. and like the clothes on, they're all kind of died in the same position. He found like, it was really weird that this was kind of happening in the same period of time. Right. Uh, so he dug into it a little bit more and realized that they all had a visit to this doctor recently. Right. Mm-hmm. turned out that the doctor was then like giving them morphine overdose just for the fun of it just because he could
0: because he's a serial killer and that's he's what they a do psycho right
1: yeah um more like harry shittman i might like. <laughs> <laughs> nice, hey. nice. Yeah. um yeah so the worst thing is he he then went back and like started basically writing bullshit in his patient notes like he would go back and change it and say that they had a diagnosis of like something, something like cancer exactly them. and he was giving them pain relief right mm. um and then a lot of these Patients or like the people that died their mm-hmm. families would be like we never knew that they had this condition like, how, right. like nothing was wrong. How do we, like how could we miss this, right? Uh, so they kept digging in deeper and deeper with that and they realized that he, he was obviously not smart enough to be an MD Because every time he changed the records it showed the date of when he adjusted the record like the medical record Like you so could I just s-
0: didn't know how to use a computer. I guess
1: so. Yeah So like you could literally see when he last last mm-hmm. changed the record, mm-hmm. right? So they went back to that and then he got charged for 15 life sentences for those 15 people. But then they went through an audit of like his actual patient notes and stuff. And they think he actually killed like 230 people over a course of like 24 years of like his doctor career. Jesus Christ. And that's a doctor that you're going to for like, hey, like my head hurts. Can I get like a pill, right? Mm -hmm. Or like I have the flu. Can you help me out? To be fair, that's a very extreme example. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like that's not. But yeah. That, yeah, so that was just one of the things. He's like, the one tutor I had, right? Mm-hmm. The professor. He was just like, yeah, that's like the one thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's the worst one percent that ruin it for everyone else.
0: Right, because there are also a lot of, uh, I mean, maybe not doctors that are killing people, literally, two hundred patients. But there's also a lot of them who are lazy and just like, here's the painkillers. Here's painkillers. Just take this. Take opioids. this. That's
1: how opioids started. Right. right? Yeah. So, yeah, here's here's the strongest painkiller we yeah. got.
0: But we can't go ahead and say that medicine is BS because there's a very small percentage of them that are not doing their job properly exactly. or they they're, yeah. they're spreading false information they're, or giving
1: uh, unnecessary prescriptions or anything. Exactly. Or they they're just not like they're doing their job, they're mm-hmm. just not going deep enough, I guess. Yeah. Right? Like they they should know the risks of associated with opioid like mm-hmm. prescriptions. Mhm. And they should probably restrict that to, like, a certain population that you know, excuse me, other things don't work, mm-hmm. right?
0: But, but we, can't, we can't paint everyone in the same brush. Exactly. is exactly
1: what we're trying to say here yeah. is
0: like, you can't say, uh, I hear this all the time. It's like, you go to a doctor and your doctor wasn't that good. Like, oh, doctors are just, like, uh, you know, they don't care, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no. no that, exactly. that was just yeah. the, the one guy that you went to. Same exactly. thing with a car where you go and he tells you, Perfect. hey, I yeah. can literally put your uh f- your leg back together
1: and like no yeah, i can fix your no, fr- fraction yeah. in one in one yeah one adjustment no but yeah that's the thing so you know there's if you don't like your chiro then go try another one mm-hmm. there's that's the thing a lot of different chiros do a lot of different things there's there's chiros that do specific pediatrics right or they do specifically uh the geriatric population so the pediatric or, one yeah that's yeah. interesting so
0: it's like on 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 babies
1: so that yeah that's another so how is that uh... i wouldn't use the word adjust so we had a lot of a lot of pediatric um patients come into our clinic like Mm -hmm. in Burnmouth, right and we had one of the professors that she was like did a ton of research in pediatrics and she was like really good and helped like boost up our reputation basically Mm -hmm. in it right um none of none of the people that we had or the professors or any of any of the interns ever actually adjusted A baby like I'm there used to be a video going around the internet of like the one Australian chiropractor who like Mm -hmm. who adjusted a baby like you could actually hear like a crack go off and everything and then he got like everyone lost their mind and he got I think like banned for a year from practicing and that kind of thing right so nobody I know I've never seen that or nobody I know has ever done that it's all touch and hold so with a baby like you know their physiology isn't like developed obviously as anyone else right so it's literally all they need is just a little pressure like you just hold a segment that's like restricted or like mm-hmm. a muscle that's tight, whatever it is, and you just hold it for a couple of seconds, and it'll kind of like just melt away, kind of like butter. And then that's how you know how it's like eased off. Because they're, they're so there's no the muscular skeletal system is so soft. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's under obviously underdeveloped, right? If yeah. If they depend, there's some there's some babies out came in. I think like four weeks, in, four weeks, five weeks after birth. Like you know what I mean? Like they're Yeah. As newborn as it gets, right? Right. Yeah. So you're not, you're not putting any force through. You're literally just touching and holding. Right. That's the only thing that, and that's a big thing too. Like birth is a traumatic thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like some people like haven't seen videos or anything, but some of the techniques they use, they have like suction cups that they put on top of the head and like, baby, pull the baby out if they can't get like the shoulders through. Right. So like, if you can picture what that does to your head, like Mm. it totally elongates your head. Like as you're pulling a baby from the head, out of the Dude, I never thought about it because I always think about uh, birth
0: from the from the mother's perspective. It's like the poor woman has to push a baby out of the yeah. tiny hole. What about the little baby coming out of a who, tiny who, hole? Who a know?
1: doctor is pulling by their neck? Like,
0: yeah. ripping it out. Imagine right? you
1: coming out of a, a, a very tiny uh, exactly. canal. Yeah, so that's why a lot of a lot of babies end up coming to like or came to the clinic um, because okay. of that. Like traumatic. Like they'd always you you can see it's hard to, I guess, get obviously a good answer from a baby. Um, but you could look and just see that they're always like, let's say their head is always tilted to the one side, probably because they have a spasm in one of the muscles in the neck. That's constantly getting them there after probably a traumatic birth. Right.
2: Mm. So Um, really
1: babies can have spasms and everything just like us. All the same. Well, like, you know, not everything like us, Mm -hmm. but neck, neck issues are definitely, I think a huge part of Mm -hmm. babies kind of like development and stuff like in the PD or in the chiropractic part of it. That's a lot of what we focus on. Mm um we as in like me I don't really do that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. but um yeah so we we tend to do we again l- tend to do a lot of that mm-hmm. but again it's it's just touch and hold it's not it's not like an adjustment like you would with a fully grown adult mm-hmm. right like you got to be smart about it so how do, how does Cairo
0: differ today from Back then, when it was started, and all the
1: nonsense that was uh, so I think part of it. I think a lot more techniques have come into play. Whereas before, it was just adjusting, and then that that was kind of it, right? Whereas now, there's a big broad mesh of. I think the physio and chiropractic thing has kind of meshed into one. Um, it's all basically about just treating the neuromuscular skeletal system, right? So any issue you have with like bones, muscle, ligaments. Mm-hmm we can help you out with same as a physio, um, in the clinic, like I use like laser therapy stuff. So that's like modalities that physios use also, right? Mm -hmm. Like it depends on the patient. Like I'll adjust patients too, but if I don't seem, or I don't think it's a good fit for that patient, Mm -hmm. then like, why would I do it? Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use other techniques. Um, there's a lot of other like specializations in it too. So like sports chiropractic is like kind of its own thing. They need, In in Canada, you need to have like your own degree to be technically called a sports chiropractor. There's other, like there's chiropractors that specialize in just jaw pain, like just TMJ dysfunction. Really? So that's, that's another thing. Like specifically that or Mm -hmm. like pediatrics, like Mm -hmm. you said. So there's a lot of like niches in it. Um, And I think a lot of chiropractors are starting to get like onto other treatments too, because if it helps the patient, then that's what matters, right?
0: right but I mean I meant like how does it differ today in terms of the evidence-based approaches oh, that are so, like because I hear all the time and I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan and I listen to his podcast oh, all the that's time another yeah yeah but he always goes off about how chiropractic is not an evidence-based um
1: you know healthcare sector or whatever you want to call he, it he's listening to the wrong chiropractors okay right um I think he he does have a bit of a tunnel vision there he had that one I forget what her name was but she was like
0: yeah, I think she was a journalist. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not too am not too sure. And like a journalist,
1: is. I think, is used like lightly. I think she just wrote blogs and stuff. Okay. Like I don't – like I pretty sure, – I looked this up before and like I she – I have a blog. What are you saying? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. fair enough. You're a journalist now. Uh, I am a yeah, journalist. You are a journalist. So she looked up the origins of chiropractic and just used that through her whole defense of like how chiropractic is bullshit basically. Right. She took that one thing and then didn't look at any new research or any new evidence – um, and I, I'm part of like a evidence-based group, kind of like on Facebook and they have mm-hmm. tons of chiropractors there with constantly posting new research and stuff, which like helps the profession too. Cause you learn mm-hmm. a bunch of different things. Right. Um, but there's a couple of guys on there that are just geniuses basically. Okay. Right. Um, and all of them, like there's a couple that have been saying that they, they've been like emailing Rogan to like get them on their show. Cause like mm-hmm. I'll give you the facts, like I'll, I'll cite you the paper that shows that we help with this. We help with that. We help right. with this and like they've gotten nowhere right or there's other um podcasts where he's talking with like fighters mm-hmm. and if they mention that they go to the chiropractor he'll like mm. he'll be like oh yeah he'll okay like, and then he'll just right away he'll just like change the right. topic right right it's like he doesn't give it the, the light of day i guess based on that one podcast he had mm-hmm. or his own personal experience right which is weird because he, he does seem to be very
0: open-minded exactly which is weird
1: because but, he, so, but i don't get why
0: he's not being open but this particular about yeah
1: but then he had his one i guess bad experience with with it and then he just sticks to his guns on that mm-hmm. one but. and so what i noticed and I'll, I'll probably link this video in the description
0: but um what the lady was saying too is that she was always mentioning and citing um the BS artists that started the Cairo, mm-hmm. so the Palmer guy, yeah. and also the ones that c- claim that they can cure diabetes and whatever else you have. Yeah, but she never talked about the ones that are just like, no, this is exactly what I do as a chiropractor. I, I adjust backs. I help with this and that, and that's yeah. it. I don't claim to be. Uh, a healer of anything else she never really mentioned no, any of those she no only no. mentioned
1: the crazy ones and that's kind of going back to what i said before right even if chiropractors just focus on low back pain mm-hmm. we have a huge population to work with right. like it's the leading cause of disability in the world so even if we just focus on that one thing like we'll still help mm-hmm. a majority of the population but do you think
0: that chiropractors sometimes may have that chip on shoulder kind of thing where it's like no i have to do everything because that's
1: I, I guess, like, obviously, you as a profession, like, you don't want to, like, just lower yourself just to, like, low back pain. Yeah. Like, you can do a lot of good that you know you can do, right? So, mm-hmm. like, why just limit it to that? But then people take it to the other extreme and say, like, oh, hey, I can cure diabetes now. Right. And they don't stick within the guidelines or, like, mm-hmm. their scope of practice, right? Right. So, would you say that these are some myths and misconceptions
0: about chiro? Like, that's my favorite Definitely. question to ask people who come on. it's Like, what are some myths about your field? that everybody believes is true or most people believe it's true but you know based on your education that this is
1: not true um one one of them is like once you start chiropractic you have to keep going that's kind of like that's a myth you don't have to like you you
0: just once you yeah when you go once to a chiro you don't and he tells you keep coming back you don't have to come back
1: There like there's been stories that people like chiropractors have have told their patients that they've come in like three times a week for like a year Mm -hmm. like that's that's insane like, why would you keep going? After? Just because he told you to, or she yeah. told you to keep going. Like, if on. you're not noticing a benefit after, like, a month or something mm-hmm. of constantly going, mm-hmm. why are you still going for 12 months? Do you know right what I mean? And like, this is coming figure from, from a chiro himself.
0: Who, that's how you make Exa- your living. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, like, it's not... Like, you got to sometimes use your own logic. But that's the thing, too, where, like, there's scare tactics that, that go into that. Um, but... Do you think yeah, sometimes guess, like, that
0: other than the Cairo um, telling you to keep coming on, and also there's that, like when you hear an authoritative figure like a chiro or a doctor telling you something you'll just believe it right away most of the time yeah but also do you feel like some people actually
1: get addicted to this release that you know oh, there's there's definitely a couple of patients who are patient's like, strong word but you know what i mean yeah no definitely um when it comes to like opioid stuff like yeah, 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 it's yeah. different right um some people come in just to start feeling better mm-hmm. that's all it is like everybody has like an ache here and there throughout their day. If you're sitting at a desk for eight hours a day, like Mm -hmm. that's your job. Like your posture is probably shit.
0: That's true. It's so rare for anybody who has a full-time schedule, um, not to have aches. Yeah, exactly. as, As a part of your daily life. Yeah
1: and even like you you come to a chiropractor and like you get rid of that little ache that's like one less thing that's bothering you the mm-hmm. other day right yeah. and you just feel that much better mm-hmm. people people say like they feel a little lighter or like easier to move like their mobility has definitely increased cuz right. that's our that's our main goal right is mm-hmm. to improve range of motion um so yeah they they get benefit from that and that is part of like i guess a good maintenance care but if like that's the patient's goal is to just feel a little bit better then then that's that's a viable reason to treat them right mm-hmm. True. You can't deny treatment
0: just because the, yeah.
1: I like there, there is points where like if a person's coming in, there's like, I got nothing to treat here. Like you really don't have anything and they show up just because they're showing up. Right. It's their usual appointment. They show up Mm -hmm. and it's like, well, I'm not going to treat you because I don't need to. I'm like, there's nothing here. Right. Right. There's nothing. You're not coming in with an ache or a pain or Mm -hmm. any, any issues. You're just showing up because you had a booked appointment, and you're showing up, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I don't, I don't have to treat you, and I right, probably well, won't, because yeah. what's the point? A lot right?
0: similar to medicine, where it's like if you go in, like, no doctor, you have to give me this method of treatment or that method. You mean the doctor could go, no, you no, don't need yeah, it. So exactly, no. yeah, right, makes sense. So, um, so when the person comes in, this is where I always wonder about chiro When a, a patient comes in to you and it's saying, uh, I have back pain or neck pain or whatever, like take me through your process as a chiro What are you looking for? I guess it's different for back or for neck. Let's let's, let's go back, for example. So what are you looking for in
1: the the person? Like, how are you
0: approaching this
1: treatment? So the first thing, like every assessment is, is like you sit down and just take like a history, right? Mm -hmm. General stuff like where it hurts, when it hurts, when it started. Did Mm -hmm. you do some specific, like what kind of pain is it? Um, Like, is it worse at the end of the day, beginning of the day, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. right? So that gives you like a better idea of what you're actually looking at. And then, as a safe bet, you always start from the worst possible scenario, and then work your way down. Right. So, like in school, we're constantly taught different diagno- like different di- conditions, diagnosis. Right. So, you ha- like in the back of your head, you just have a list of things. Mm-hmm. Like someone comes in with neck pain, like you probably already have a list of like ten things that could be could be the issue, right? Yeah. And then you just start, just narrowing it down,
2: mm-hmm. down the
1: list, right? And you do that through your assessment, right? So usually start with like blood pressure, like vital signs, that kind of thing, like pulse, mm. breathing rate, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, excuse me, even like temperature. If you're like ruling out, taking someone's temperature yep. at a chiropractor's office, like it's pretty rare sometimes. Um, but depending on like what you come in with, that right there, it could rule out like an infection, right? Or like a, mm. a fever or anything like that, that might lead to like another cause, right? Just that one test. So you do that and then you kind of slowly go down the route like we'll do like neurological testing like doing your reflexes and sensation that kind of stuff muscle strength um just see if there's like any real issues like going on there and then you go down to like orthopedic testing which Mm -hmm. is kind of testing more specifically certain parts of what you're doing right so like for shoulder tests there's a bunch of different ones like there's a specific test for like let's say bicep tendon that Mm. comes in the front there's a test for like just general rotator cuff stuff that isn't that very specific but like it gives you a closer idea there's tests for like ac joint that you can see if it's positive if it's negative you can rule out that specific part of the shoulder right Mm -hmm. so all it is is just basically like a, a narrowing down the list of
0: Of possible. Possible things that you can,
1: and then you try to get, you try to narrow it down to like what you think it it most likely is and what it probably is.
0: Right. And so, uh, but then you go ahead and you move on to the adjustment part of the. Yeah.
1: So then I'll tell like the patient, like what I think it is, mm -hmm. what I can do to help them. Like what are the risks of of treatment? uh, What are the benefits? How long it'll take Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And then if they're okay with actually going through the treatment. So as like anybody
0: listening who let's say in the future or right now, they have back pain. Okay, yep. you just know it's back pain. Would you recommend that a person like that goes to the doctor right away or goes to see a chiro first? Um, because how can a person really tell uh, the different natures of back pain and which treatment is exactly. better and so all
1: that? So. With back pain, prevalence is huge, like we went over again. So I think it's really it's hard to say when you say it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend a chiropractor just because... Chiropractors are more specific in diagnosing low back, low back injuries or conditions, whatever it is, right? Like we we have a little bit more diagno- like some doctors. Don't get me wrong, some doctors are great, and they'll actually do like orthopedic testing and stuff, like like what mm-hmm. we do, mm-hmm. just to try to rule in or rule out some things, right? Right. There's other doctors that just consider it either like pathological low back pain, where it's like. Worst case, like, fracture, cancer, Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Or, like, non-specific low back pain is what they call it. Like, they can't really figure it out. It's coming from the joint, muscle, whatever it is. Or for whatever million reasons. Exactly. You come into a chiropractor and, like, office, and we'll do a little bit more of an assessment, and we could probably tell you if it's coming from a joint, a muscle around the area, or, like, a disc, Mm -hmm. or something like that, Mm -hmm. right? We'll be a little more specific. Again, this is, like, a generalization. Some doctors are great. Right, of course. But some doctors just kind of write your prescription be like, True. here you go. So, again, it all depends on who you see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some doctors will give you a, a, pres- like a referral to see a physio, True. right? They'll see low back pain and be like, all right, um, either get x-rays because mm-hmm. they think it might be some worse or, you know, go see a physio right. or go see a chiropractor and they'll, they'll help you out there.
0: So uh, what's, the, like, the most common uh, source of back pain that people can avoid so that they don't even have to go see a chiro or a doctor or anything so, as, a, as a form of, like, primary prevention?
1: Primary prevention. So like just in general, like with without having narrowing it down to a specific condition, um, exercise, like just general exercise is like the best thing you could do. Um even with low back pain, mm-hmm. exercise is huge. Just walking. Sitting down, like sitting in bed lowers your chance of mm-hmm. or kind of worsens your chance of recovery. Yeah. Right? The land swimming good? Sorry? Is swimming good? Um for, it's, for, uh... it's good for a lot of things because mm-hmm. like you don't have like the kind of gravity pushing down and you're like non-weight bearing, right? You don't have like mm-hmm. the pressure going through, so it's good for like people if they want to get mobilities in hips, shoulders, that kind of thing. Okay. When it comes to low back pain, it then again it really depends on the condition you have. True. Yeah. yeah um, of course. Because you know you could either aggravate it or not. If like yeah. there's a lot of different things. Like if you're flexion intolerant, like if you can't flex forward or if mm-hmm. you can't flex or extend back, then like that kind of near narrows what you want to do and what you don't don't want to do mm-hmm, to aggravate mm-hmm. it, right? And swimming kind of has, depending how you swim or what stroke right. you're using, that kind of changes as you go through. Um, but yeah, exercise is huge. Exercise, was- just general exercise. I don't mean like go and weight lift, yeah, like yeah, yeah. start lifting weights, just mm-hmm. walking, just general mm-hmm. walking, that kind of stuff.
0: Just your basic uh, basic, of Yeah. Um, what about posture too? Because I noticed that my posture is, is terrible most of the time. And even if, if I'm cognizant of it, you just, you just forget. It's like a yeah. habit that's kind of ingrained in me. And I noticed that most people too, not just me.
1: Yeah, so posture is um, becoming more of an issue now in kind of two different ways. So like posture is a big thing that people want to help kind of improve before yeah. something happens, right? But it's also becoming evident now that like posture doesn't necessarily mean or predispose you to worse pain. So it's kind of, it's hard to, describe but posture doesn't really can't doesn't necessarily affect you unless you're having pain or something Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and that's affecting your posture or like that's the leading cause of it then you kind of want to fix your posture to help recovery and that kind of thing right but if your posture is pretty bad but you don't have any associated pain or anything then that's probably just the way your body's built you know what i mean so some like it all depends on on the person some people have like a pretty big lordosis or kyphosis, so that's mm-hmm. kind of like the curves in your back going, mm-hmm. right? Um, to get that, like give them an exercise program that'll fix that or like narrow the curve won't be beneficial for them if they don't have any issues to begin with. Makes sense? The, yeah,
0: it makes sense, but it, it kind of goes ag- against what we all... Exactly. No, yeah. but so if you're saying, if I'm a completely healthy individual yeah. and uh, I have bad posture, right? When I sit, I, I sit like this or I study like this or whatever. You're saying that
1: won't lead over time to worse? It can. Uh, so with the neck is a big one too. So if you move your neck like an inch forward, that puts like an extra like pound and a half of weight on your head mm-hmm. and on your neck and stresses the joints and stuff, right? So so over time that's going to lead to, to complications, could. yeah. Yeah, so that definitely could. Um, but when it comes to like treating people, there's another thing now where you don't necessarily have to correct their posture that much if that's not like the leading leading cause of what is going on, oh, right? Like oh, people yeah. people take posture too seriously sometimes now.
0: But I mean, as primary in terms of like before you even develop anything, like in order for you not to develop any pain or anything, before you even go to see, before you even yeah. have a reason to see the Cairo, having a good posture and working on that would that would that on the long
1: run help you avoid these problems? To to an extent. So, like, a lot of people, like I said, take it too seriously, right? And they're constant, like, sitting upright, like, in a perfect position. But then you still need mobility and you still need your spine to move, right? Yeah. Like, you still need that. So, mm-hmm. pe- some people fix on it too much now. So, you think we overrate uh,
0: the importance of, of
1: good posture to, to, to like, a... There, so, like, it's really... To some extent? There's a hard kind of... Um, some. There's a group that says, like, you have to. You have to, like, you know, mm-hmm. posture is everything, this and that. And there's another group that says, like, you know, posture is is good for like if you have an issue with something then you can help improve that right Mm. but don't take it to the extreme and like constantly have to focus about posture because then that just takes away from like your just normal daily life right like you're constantly fixated of oh i have to sit up perfectly straight right true not saying that like it doesn't necessarily like with low back it's a pretty big one where like if you're constantly flexing forward Mm -hmm. that puts pressure on the disc and then helps push that disc kind of out backwards more right as you're doing that, like the, the ligaments and everything in the back start mm-hmm. to stretch out. Mm-hmm. And over time, then you could have an issue where like you lift something in that flex posture and then you bulge a disc. And then that's right. when you get like sciatic pain going down your leg or something like that. Right. So there, there an extent to, right. There's like, there's a perfect middle line where like you pay attention to it, but you don't go crazy about it. Mm-hmm. And that's where people kind of take it either extreme. Take it, the with, take
0: it in moderation is what you're saying. Exactly. Kind of like everything in life, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's that's all true. about finding the, the perfect line. That's true. I guess if you think about it in some ways, it's like you have to stay hydrated throughout the day. But if you drink a lot, a lot, a lot of water and like way too much water.
1: Yeah. So that's not, the thing. Like on Instagram, you'll see like a bunch of people like saying like, oh, perfect posture is this. This is how you should be sitting. This is how you should be driving. This is how this and that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then people will take that and like run with it as much as they can. Mm-hmm. And like that, you don't have to but it's on instagram so exactly. it has to be true well no grandma's life right mm. uh,
0: so uh um, what, what do you think is the uh the profession or some of the professions where lower back pain or back pain in general is the most common
1: um drivers people who drive a lot yeah yeah mm. so a lot of that exactly that that like the flex posture in the low back right mm-hmm. that's that's a huge one i think a lot of. I previously had like a bunch of lorry, dri- well, transport truck drivers. Mm-hmm. They're called lorry drivers lorry. in, in, yeah, in, in Um So they, they're constantly driving for, mm-hmm. let's say, eight hours a day, depending on the person, like what their trips are. Let's say like they're in a seat for at least four hours, right? Mm-hmm. In that flex position, those ligaments are going to slowly stretch and stretch and stretch. And then on top of that, if they have to unload the truck and move boxes and they're lifting stuff, that's when like that's like the final straw. Right, that broke the camel's back mm-hmm. kind of thing, and that like that last lift could then they feel the spasm go or like the muscle tighten up because yeah. it's strained or a disc kind of goes or depending on the population, right? Um, so that's one. Again, like just anyone working at a desk is kind of susceptible to desk that. Desk jobs. Desk jobs are are rough. Are like
0: probably the most common ones. Yeah. Yeah,
1: to an ex- especially nowadays, like twenty first century, everything's like technology based, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're all on your laptops and stuff, right? Um. To an extent, again, like desk jobs they they they're rough because of the constant posture that you're put in there and you're in that position for mm-hmm. extended periods of time, right? And so that, that again can predispose you, but that's that kind of extreme of you're in that situation for hours on mm-hmm. end, right? The rest of the day if you kind of straighten up or do some sort of exercise to count, counterbalance yeah. that then you're perfect mm-hmm. there was like an extreme kind of saying from i think uh i read a book by like a physiotherapist i think oh uh you know kelly S- sterrett mm-hmm. um no i think we talked about this. he does like the mobility wad stuff like work out the day and stuff anyway the mm-hmm. supple leopard do you remember that book no. No? Okay. Oh, I think it's You're exposing Jacob. my lack of knowledge yeah, about sorry, everything. Yeah, sorry, man. No, it was just talking now to about this. Now people are going I'm talking this. out of my ass. Yeah. So, um, so there's a book this guy did about like, it's like the encyclopedia of like stretching and stuff, right? Okay. Like how to improve mobility and stuff like that. And in one of his recent books, he actually wrote that like sitting is like the new smoking. Oh, Where really? it's like everyone's doing it Yeah. nonstop. And like as human beings, we we're meant to move, right? We we're meant okay. to constantly be walking or doing what else. And like now our society is driven into like a seated sedentary sedentary posture or just position just Mm -hmm. in general right so that's obviously a pretty extreme kind of metaphor there or it is pretty extreme but you can kind of see where he's coming from Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and maybe down the line like you know it might get worse
0: so is that why they recommend when you have a desk job
1: every whatever 45 minutes an hour you get up you get up walk walk around around. exactly yeah and that's another thing too where like when it comes to smoking and sitting all day you then don't have the caloric expenditure right mm-hmm. so when you go home and have the same meal that you usually do mm-hmm. you're just storing that on as mm-hmm. fat and then that can lead to then metabolic disorder or stuff like that right, right? blood pressure or whatever it is everything kind of yeah changes yeah, yeah. so that's where i guess he's getting that comparison from yeah okay where sitting then just kind of changes your mm-hmm. lifestyle which then had to predispose you to a bunch of different things right hmm
0: so you think these these professions and the ones where you have to sit for a really long time are the ones that are most uh, at risk?
1: I, I think they're most at risk for just in general, like lifestyle conditions. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not necessarily like low back pain or neck mm-hmm. pain or stuff, mm-hmm. but I think you're in, you're in more in risk of just general kind of mm-hmm. unhealthiness. Right. <laughs> like you're, yeah, you got to really counteract that sedentary job. Yeah with like your lifestyle choices after yeah. work to kind of help balance it out. Right. So going back a little bit to the, um, to some of the myths and s- stuff about
0: kairos, we talked about this a while ago, how there's this misconception for a little while, where if you go to the Cairo and he adjusts your back, whatever you were at risk of a, a stroke.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: Where did that come from? And why so, where did that belief come from?
1: But that happened because, Apparently, it had happened quite a few times. By quite a few, I mean like I don't know. There was like two instances where it was like mm-hmm. publicly known. I think one of them was like an actual like a model in Britain went to a chiropractor and got adjusted, and she was I think like late forties. Maybe I'm not a hundred percent sure now, but it was like more publicly known because she was like a figure. She's a public figure, exactly. Um, not on Instagram only. Too. No. Um, so that was that kind of brought that to the light too, but. That's the research has shown now that just because there's an association there, it doesn't mean it's a causation, right? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. So, what they believe now is that either a person is already in the process of having a stroke and they come into your office and the chiropractic adjustment kind of just, I guess, Triggered. triggers or speeds it along a little bit more, right? Um, other research shows that. You, the risk of going to your medical doctor, like your MD, and having a stroke in his office is slightly more than having a stroke in a chiropractor's office. Hmm. So you kind of, you know, you balance it out, right? Um, with that, like every other kind of recent study that's actually kind of gone through doesn't really support the idea that we actually cause strokes. Mm-hmm. Somebody, I think one of the studies actually put, tried putting a number to it and it was like one in eight million. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: So it could be just do it a chance but on its
1: own. Exactly. So another, a, a total, I think a different study in like 2017 specified that it's activities of daily living, like stepping off of, off a curb mm-hmm. probably ha- has roughly the same chance as like you having a stroke mm-hmm. in, cause that jolt of you s- stepping off a curb mm-hmm. could then you have, if you have a clot in your vertebral artery, mm-hmm. which that's where kind of the stroke comes from within manipulation. It mm-hmm. goes through your joints in the neck. Right. Um, so, you step off a curb you get that little jolt a clot in your artery that's been forming for who knows how long then shoots up to your brain and mm-hmm. then that's how you get the stroke to start
0: okay so you, um some of the claims that chiropractic care may lead to strokes is based on correlation mostly yeah. and not on actual exactly so yeah i think like for my supervisor always it up this example when we're talking about correlation versus causation is that um I think it goes like this: like the number of peanut butter jars sold in, in North America or some state, I can't remember what it was, was highly correlated with crime rate in that region. Really? Yeah. And so he was wow. saying, like, but you see, like, peanut butter is being sold at a high rate, but crime rate is also going up. Does that mean peanut butter is of, a cause? Right. Peanut yeah. butter is a cause? No, it's not because co- correlation can, especially if you test a big sample, you're going to find something. Something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's it kind of the same thing. Bits there
1: but that's also the thing where like, if you go into your chiropractor's office, you get an adjustment, a stroke happens because you're already in the process of having it or something. Mm -hmm. You're going to file a claim against that chiropractor Mm because he gave you the stroke apparently. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that's, you're going to make a big news thing about that. You're going to go to like the local newspaper, get a, whole right, article written right. and then that kind of speeds along the process right especially if
0: you're in the states and you can sue and get that money
1: exactly mm-hmm. and in the states they have like i don't know thirty thousand chiropractors or something like it's it's the most they have the most the biggest population of chiropractors in the country well mm-hmm. obviously they have like well, a 300 yeah, million population sense. right yeah, yeah, yeah. um so actually i think it's a lot more than that Thirty thousand, 000 it's not, not not a lot at all mm-hmm. um but yeah so then you know like we said it's it's the one percent that makes the biggest noise mm-hmm. same thing with that
0: so I remember we were talking about this one time is like my one experience with Kairos is when oh, I throw out yeah. my back. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was, I was sitting on the floor. I was already in a, in a pretty terrible position and I reach for the remote and I just throw out my back and I just, I just stay like this for like two minutes trying to get my life back together. <laughs> and then I go to the Cairo um, once, I think it didn't help. So I was like, ah, that's, that's BS. Exactly. Not going to yeah. go back went to a massage therapist also didn't help i was like ah that's that's not gonna help either that's bs i just waited for like probably um four or five weeks until i can actually walk properly again go through it's yeah just when when and got better on own.
1: that's the thing yeah like you said like you went once didn't find a relief so like mm-hmm. that was it right but like chiropractic i guess even though some chiropractors try to like sell you the snake oil of chiropractic mm-hmm. it, it isn't like a a treatment like a one fix all Thing right you go to the chiropractor for the first treatment when you're in that kind of spasm you can barely walk right they're not going to do a lot of work with you because you're in that acute stage where Mm -hmm. you can't really do a lot of work right so you're going to start small you can do like one adjustment or like do a little bit of soft tissue or something see how you react to that so you don't like if we relax you completely and then you get up off the bench you're going to hit a spasm again right because mm-hmm. then you're relaxing the joints and they don't have the stability there. So the muscles are just going to contract and like spasm all over again to oh, give you that stability, right? right? So even if you do too much work, mm-hmm. it's not really beneficial for you True. in the like long run or even at that point yeah. right there, right? And then another thing is like, you go to a chiropractor for like, let's say half an hour. Mm-hmm. You spend half an hour in his office, like max. What about the other 23 hours in a day, right? Yeah. Yeah. What like that one visit isn't going to kind of help you. It's not magic. Exactly. So most, most treatment plans, I think wherever you go, um, or I kind of, I'd hope depends Mm -hmm. on the person obviously. Right. If they have an issue, that's kind of like an acute issue like that. Mm -hmm. You try to get like two to three treatments in the first week Mm -hmm. to try to help restore as much function as you can and try to get them a little bit moving. And like at that point it's more symptom reduction. So it's like Mm -hmm. pain relief kind of stuff. Um, after that, then you start kind of weaning off the treatments as you go, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like I explained before. Mm-hmm. So you can't expect a lot to be done out of one treatment. Right. You kind of need that first continuation just to try to get you through. Because it is difficult for you to, like, at home, do a lot of your home exercise or whatever you do in that stage, right? And we don't necessarily recommend you start doing, like, a bunch of exercises for your low back if you're, like, you just strained mm-hmm. it, like, a, a day ago, Right. Um, so again, like you got to go through that process, Mm -hmm. that management plan as the doctor or chiropractor line, like has planned out for you. Mm -hmm. Cause we do it like specific to your case. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what we think is like your best outcome or your best recovery is with that management plan. Mm -hmm. If you go once and don't find a benefit, it's not on us. Right. Like you can't expect us to fix what you did in a 30 minute session. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: And all the bad habits that I've I've been doing to my, exactly to my back. And And who knows
1: how you sleep for eight hours a day. Right. Even that alone. Right. Like Mm -hmm. if you're in the constant same position for eight hours a day, like that, that might be pretty bad for you. Is that what you're asking? Or like position position. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, okay. As a, as a chiropractor, um, if you want to advise people, like, how do you know that your chiro is selling you BS? How do you know when to just walk away from your Cairo? And that,
1: how do you know that your Cairo is just not legit? Um, if you if you go to them and like with a specific issue, mm-hmm. if you try a course of treatment and it's not necessarily working after like a couple weeks, let's say, or you're not getting any benefit at all after like, let's say six to eight treatments, that kind of thing. And you sit down and talk to him and be like, hey, like I'm not really getting much thing, mm-hmm. like much benefit from this and he like he doesn't really change your technique or offer you other advice and he just keeps doing the same thing over and over again. That's not really looking out for you. So that that would be kind of my first mm-hmm. first bell that says like oh he's just kind of doing it just to keep right. you kinda of around even if it's not benefiting you. Right. Mm-hmm. Another thing is like I'd be very weary of anybody that tells you that you need to go to the chiropractor like three times a week for like even six months that is that like mm-hmm. three times a week for like any extended period is just bananas right unless you have like 14 different conditions that all need work and he needs to kind of how somehow fit it in but like that's but even, even then, then even the, then the, like Cairo can really it, can work. exactly right like you're probably going to the wrong spot right. but anybody that does or recommends that that's a little mm-hmm. suspect it's mm-hmm. another thing if he starts talking anything about vaccines and like how you don't necessarily need them yeah. or anything about like innate intelligence. That's another kind of like keyword that buzz should like buzzword buzz yeah. that you should watch out for. Um, which probably by now is really hard to come by. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people kind of say that. True. But there was there was one Cairo I observed while I was still in school. Like I came, I came down and I just observed one of the Cairo's. And then he mentioned to his patient when he was treating, he was like, yeah, so like my son um started getting sick or something like maybe a flu or something and in, in my family that means that the, he needed adjustment so like we went ahead and adjusted him whatever and blah 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 and like as soon as i heard that i was like all right i'm getting the hell out of oh, here man. and that that's that's kind of those things like God you needs his brain adjusted yeah you, you might you might pick up small things like that mm. that just maybe you're not cluing in like exactly what he's saying but like that's that's bizarre mm-hmm. like you're not going to fix a flu by an adjustment right so, so get, if that's his belief with his family, like what do you think he's doing right. to his patients? Right. Right. That's true. So you, that's the kind of stuff you gotta watch out for.
0: Yeah. So if your guy starts talk about
1: vaccines and how they're not, yeah, you if you avoid them and all that, and then you just like exactly. Yeah. It's uh. There's a lot of bizarre stuff, mm-hmm. and there are some cases where where people have been like adjusted and like they've cured something or like hypothyroidism or something like that. That's not to say that like chiropractic was the cure to that, mm-hmm. but like let's say the like, placebo effect is massive. Oh yeah, it's huge. Yeah. It so huge. like you go to a doctor, mm-hmm. a doctor. Let's say he's got like a scrub on or a white coat. You're in the like you're in an office that mm-hmm. looks like a doctor's office. You get adjusted. He tells you that like hey, this is gonna help this and that. Then that speeds along the process of a placebo response that mm-hmm. somehow helps you through a your right. treatment, right? So, that could happen, mm-hmm. but that's not because of the adjustment.
0: Yeah. So, it's the same thing as when you say, oh, I, my friend went to the Cairo and, and he had a stroke. So that's the same uh, logic as saying my friend went to the Cairo and now his cancer is cured. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, no, it, it didn't cause him, give, give him a stroke and also didn't cure his thyroid
1: cancer. Yeah. yeah. Right. Causation, right? It, right, right, yeah. right. It's not okay. correlation.
0: Interesting. Um, so before we end i got a very important question you know on okay. my show i only ask the most important questions of course um so i was watching two and a half men right and okay. alan alan the chiropractor he was, was this was...
1: the new version or the old version of two and half men? Uh, the old version okay, okay yeah good all um,
0: right with uh, what's his name
1: uh charlie sheen with charlie yeah. sheen no
0: after charlie sheen don't bother yeah exactly um so alan was adjusting this patient's spine and then the patient just like just released the, the largest fart i've ever heard in my <laughs> life right Okay, And uh, and then he was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And Alan's like, oh, no, it's fine. It happens all the time. Actually, it's very common. Is it actually very common that you're adjusting someone and they just let one
1: rip? I think that's happened to me once. Really? Yeah. But, like, to be fair, like, it's not that frequent, I wouldn't say. But it... You know, if you Did hit, if you hit, yeah, it happened that one time, and like it wasn't. So you just it wasn't like hit, hit, hit
0: this joint, and, and like that's connected to some.
1: No, no. So it, it, yeah, it's not like a connection thing. It's like if anything, it's like they relax at that moment mm-hmm. when you give the adjustment, and they relax a little too much, and mm-hmm. they let one rip, right? It's that kind so of thing. So it's just where... like yeah,
0: they're too relaxed, they're in the zone,
1: and then it's a quick little like impulse or something, and mm-hmm. like it's just like a quick movement, and like you know. I mean, we've all rip. been
0: there where it's like quick movement, right? You, yeah. You really or someone
1: like, scares you really quickly. And yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or like you're sitting on a chair and you, Oh, you, I have to get up right away. And then,
1: yeah, you know, it happens. One, know?
0: one, you know, it escapes. Sometimes. It escapes. Yeah. It escapes sometimes. Okay, great. Uh, anything you want to plug before, uh, the clinic or anything?
1: Um, so yeah, I work with, uh, Neurochangers in, uh, in Whippy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at two locations, the ability center and on Champlain Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, like by the 4-1 in Thickson. So I work there. If you never need anything, then let me know. Mm-hmm. I work with the Okanagan hockey team, too. So we're working with like a lot of uh, athletes. Yeah. Um, so if you're athletic, too, then mm-hmm. give me a shout. And you need some help with any sport. You can get a spot on the yeah, roster. Exactly. Is that what you're yeah. Well, maybe, maybe. Maybe if you play your yeah, hands, right? Um, Instagram's dr.pfeiffer.com. F A J F E R, of mm-hmm. course, and mm-hmm. same thing for the Facebook no page. No dot, in the, in the handle. Oh, actually, no, not in the no, Instagram no, no, one. No, doctor, no, in the yeah. in the Facebook one. There's a doctor mm-hmm. with a Tech dot, that and that then goes. yeah, I can't even figure my own manager? stuff. Yeah, I might as well be. Get it together. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so we'll we'll link all of that in the bio. Yeah, sure. Or in the in the description rather, and uh, yeah, that sounds great, man. Sweet. Thanks for coming on. Of Thanks course, for doing this. I
1: appreciate, appreciate this. Yeah, definitely. Great.